Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Hey, good morning, New Song. I hope you had an incredible week. And I just want to say thanks for joining us online. And just know that we miss you, we love you, and we're praying for you. And we can't wait until the day that we all get to worship Jesus together in in our uh, church building again. Today is Palm Sunday. This is the start of the week toward the crucifixion of Jesus, the day that changed everything. It was during this week that Jesus had his last supper with his disciples. It was at this last supper that Jesus revealed a few things that were pretty difficult for them to hear. He revealed that one would betray him. He revealed to Peter that he would deny him. He revealed to all of them that he was going away and and they weren't able to come with him. And and that just made them upset, right? Have you ever heard things that troubled you? We have all heard the last couple of weeks many things that have troubled us in the news or on social media or with friends or or whatever. We've we've heard different things that just it, to be honest, it's troubled us. The coronavirus is spreading like fire. The places are closing. Stock market is tanking. People are having to go on unemployment. We know this week too will have challenges. It may have to do with the pandemic, and it may not. But we are certain that we will all have challenges. And that's not being negative. That's just saying, in reality, we live in a, in a broken world. These challenges have a way of wrecking us emotionally, don't they? We all know that when trouble comes, fear comes, worry comes, doubt comes. And this is where uh, we have Jesus and his disciples. They are, they are troubled. They are worried. They are, they are fearful. And, and Jesus tells them this one thing, and, and it's found in John 14, 1. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, let's be honest. Don't you hate it when you're freaking out and someone tells you to stop freaking out? It literally makes me want to smack them so that they are freaking out too, right? Like we are looking at them like, why aren't you, ha- why aren't you troubled? Why aren't you freaking out about this? Like everybody could be freaking out about this. What is wrong with you? Do you not live in reality? And I am having a pity party and I did not invite you. And I just want to have this pity party all to myself. Some of us have a spiritual gift of freaking out and our personality type is spelled F-E-A-R. We look at people that, that aren't troubled and aren't freaking out and something's wrong with them. And, and I'm sure when, when Jesus' disciples uh, looked at him and he said, don't be troubled. They were probably looking at him going, what do you mean don't be troubled? You just said that somebody was going to deny you. You just told Peter he was going to, uh, to deny you. you. You just said somebody was going to betray you. You said that you were going away and we can't come with you. What do you mean don't be troubled? And, and so here's the thing. The word trouble there means to be stirred or agitated. It, it, it means to be stirred or agitated. You ever been there? Your heart ever been stirred? You, you ever been agitated before? Jesus understood 
they're troubled. He understood it because in, in John, in, in John chapter 13 and 16, it says that he was troubled. So he fully understands what it means to be troubled, but he wants to encourage them and us that we don't have to live by fear or live by our emotions. Jesus never promised a trouble-free life, but he does say we can have an untroubled heart in the mix of troubled lives. So how does this happen? How can we live in a troubled world but have a calm heart? Jesus gives us a list of a few ways to stay calm in an anxious world. If you're taking notes, write this down. We have a person to believe in. Again, Jesus said this in John 14.1. Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Let me ask you a question. Where do you go when you're troubled? Where do you go when that bill comes in and you don't know how to pay for it? Where do you go when your marriage is struggling and when your kids are acting like they just lost their minds? Where do you go when you get a bad report from the doctor or, or get a pink slip from your job? Where do you turn? Where do you turn? And here's what I know. What you turn to the most reveals what you believe in the most. What you turn to the most is what you believe is going to help you through that troubled time, that troubled heart. But Jesus said, believe in me. That, that word believe there means an ongoing belief. It doesn't mean that you just believe one time and that's it. No, 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 no. It means that every day you wake up and you believe who God says he is. You believe what the Bible says. You believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. I believe in you when I'm afraid. I believe in you when I'm at peace. I believe in you when I'm confused. I believe in you when I'm not anxious, when I'm not worried. I believe in you when I am worried and when I am anxious. I believe in you no matter what is going on out here because on the inside, I'm calm and I believe you, Jesus. I believe in you. This is a daily belief in him. It's getting up daily and believing God. We could trust or be troubled, but we can't be both. Your emotions and Jesus can not be both Lord of your life. You have to choose one. We have to choose one. Are we going to believe the, 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 the turmoil we see out here? Are we going to believe the peace on in here? What are we going to believe? What are we going to stand on? What are we going to lean on? Jesus invited, invited us to believe in him, to know he is working all things out for our good, to believe he has a plan, to believe he is for us, to believe that nothing will touch us unless God has first allowed it. Believe is speaking it. He is who he says he is. He will do what he says he's going to do. He is for you. He will meet your needs. He will forgive you. He will not forsake you. He is at work for your good and for his glory. Believe it and just speaking it. You find out what the word says and you just speak it. You just believe it. And then you just act on it. I'm not going to allow my emotions to, to control me. I will control my emotions by what I believe. I'm going to get up every day and walk my beliefs out. A troubled heart stops you. Belief moves you. A troubled heart will stop you in your tracks. But when you believe in Jesus, when you believe his word, and when you believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do, you just keep marching forward. You just keep moving forward. Let me ask you again, what do you believe today? 
What are you putting your weight on today? Psalm 112, 12, 6 through 7 says, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. It isn't that they don't hear the bad news. It isn't that bad news ain't happening. It isn't that troubled times isn't happening. They are steadfast because they trust in the Lord. Who are you trusting in today? Who are you relying on today? Jesus said to believe in me. Believe in me. Again, church, who are you believing in today? Who are you leaning on today? Jesus said, you want your heart to be calm in troubled time? Believe in me. If you're taking notes, write the second one down. We have a place to call home. John 14, 2 says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? So growing up in my family, there were, there were six of us kids and I was, I was the baby of them all. And, and, uh, we never really took trips. We, we just couldn't afford to take vacations and things like that. We just always stayed around the house. We didn't go very far, uh, outside of where we lived and, Sherry, on the other hand, she grew up traveling. She grew up going to Florida every year and, and the theme parks and all of those things. And so when we got married, uh, I wasn't very, I wasn't really interested in the traveling. And, but she taught me the importance of vacation and, 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 and spending time with family and things like that. And, and I absolutely love going on vacation now. I love it so much and I look forward to it every single year. But here's the thing that I know. Even when we're on vacation and I'm enjoying it, we're enjoying it, we're making memories and it's just wonderful. There's just something on the inside of me that longs for home. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been gone away for a while and, and, and there's just something inside of you that goes, man, I can't wait to be home. I, I can't wait to get home because home is a safe place. Home is a place where you could go and, and be yourself. Home is a, a place that you could rest. Home is a great place. Jesus said he is going to prepare a home for us. This home will be perfect. The home that we live in now is not perfect. But the one that Jesus is creating for us will be absolutely perfect. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 12, 3 through 4 says, And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows was caught up to paradise and heard an inexpressible thing that no one is permitted to tell. Heaven will be a place of no more, a place of no more tears, a place of no more death, a place of no more sorrow, a place of no more pain, a place of no more disease, a place with no more trouble, a place of no more crime, a place with no more natural disasters, a place with no more, this is the greatest part, no more Satan, no more devil. This is going to be a place of no mores. It will be a perfect place full of the presence and glory of God. Heaven is a real place, everybody. And heaven is a place for you and me. It is designed for you. It is designed for me. In the ancient time when, when kids got married, they didn't go and buy a house 
and 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 and, and move out, they would just add another room to their parents' house. They would have these tents, and all they would do is just add another room. And that's what Jesus has in mind when he says, I'm going to go build rooms for you. In my father's house, there are many, many rooms. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our true home. But here's the problem. The reason why so many of us have a troubled heart is because we're trying to make this our home. This isn't our home, everybody. And we know that on the inside, something is longing for something else. And, and, and we're longing for something better. We're longing for something perfect. And it's not here. It's not here. And it's kind of like this, this bottle of water. If you take this water and you hold it out like this, it's not really a big deal. It's, it's fairly easy, right? But if you hold it for a long time, you, you start feeling a little numbness. You start feeling a little pain. Because we know this, anything you hold for a long time gets heavier, right? But And this is the picture of people living on the earth and trying to make this our home. We, we try so hard to hold on to, to the things in our life. We try to hold on to, 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 to materialistic things. We try to hold on to, to reputation. We try to hold on to jobs. We try to hold on to whatever it may be. We try to hold on to this world because we have this thought that this world is it. And I'm here to tell you this world is not it. This, this world is just a place that we're passing through and we have a home and it is in heaven and it is with Jesus, everybody. Give God some glory. That is some good news. We have a home. We have a home and Jesus has made that place ready through the cross and through the empty tomb. That is good news. That should be celebrated because this isn't home and none of us, this will last forever. We can let the bottle go. And that is representation of letting, letting go and control. Saying, God, I, I can't, this world isn't my home. And so, God, I give you my fear. I give you my anxiety. I give you the pressures of life. I give you my troubled heart. Jesus, I give it to you because I know that I have a home in heaven. And I know that I have a perfect place with you. And and, and I know that I'm just passing through here. We have to, we have to know that this isn't home. That this isn't home. This is to be enjoyed but it's not to be held on to. Heaven is home. And Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. I am going to prepare a place for you. The, the third thing, if you're writing up, write this down. We have a promise to believe. John 14, 3 says, and if God, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever... Uh, has somebody promised that they would pick you up but never showed up? Like, I, as I said a while ago, I grew up in uh, a family with six kids, and I was the youngest, of course. And me and my brother, uh, my brother, uh, my middle brother would not, he didn't have a car, and so he would take me and drop me off at work. And I would always tell him, hey, you need to be here by 11 or 12, whatever time, you know, I was going to have to close and get off and man, that time will come. And I'm sitting there looking at the walk going, he's not going to come. He's not going to be here. And so I found myself having to walk home and, and I was upset and, and all these things. And, and I think we all can relate to that, that, 
that we have been let down by promises before, right? Whether somebody said they were going to pick you up or another promise and somebody broke. But here's what I know. Jesus will never break this promise that he is going to come back, that he is going to come back for us. He said, if I go and prepare a place, I am going to come back. And so for some of us, this will happen through death. And, and for others, this will happen through the rapture of the church. First Thessalonians 4, 14 through 17 says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's word. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. We will be with him forever. However this happens, whether it's through death or Jesus comes back for his church, we're all who are believers in Christ, who have accepted him as our savior. We're all going to go be with Jesus at home one day again. As much as we can stand on this promise, we can stand on thousands of promises that God gives in his word. Because here's what I know, that God is a promise keeper. He is a promise keeper. As a matter of fact, Psalm 145, 13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises, and faithful in all he does. The Lord is trustworthy. And how many promises? All of his promises. And he is faithful in all he does. So here's the thing. If you have need, he promises to meet them. If you need peace, he promises you peace. Peace. If you need courage, he promises you courage. If you need faith, he promises you faith. If you need wisdom, he promises you wisdom. Whatever you need, the Bible says that ask. And when you ask in faith, it will happen according to his will. We have a promise to believe. We have a place to call home. And we have a person to believe in. Those are the three things that Jesus told his disciples, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled because I, you can trust me. You can believe in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back for you. So as we close, I just want to ask you a question. Are you troubled today? Are you fearful today? Are you panicking today? Are you worried today? If you say yes, yes, and yes, let's take a few moments just where you are and tell God what you're worried about. Tell, tell him what you're fearful about. Tell him what you're panicking about. Let me pray for you. God, I, I pray for each person that is troubled right now. There is a lot going on in our world right now. And just all of these unknowns. And God, I ask and I pray and, and lift people up. Now, God, if they lift up their troubles to you, if they, as they lift up their troubled hearts to you, that God, that you would take their burdens and you would give them peace. Now, there are some of you who are watching or listening and you need to just start with Jesus. Maybe for the, maybe for the first time or just need to rededicate your life 
to Jesus again. At, at the end of this, they, they, they asked him a question. Well, how do we know where you're going? And, and how do we know where to go? And how do we get there? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way to heaven. Jesus is the truth of heaven. And he is the eternal life of heaven. And if you would like to ask Jesus to forgive you and to save you, just pray this prayer with me right where you are. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. I am lost without you. Forgive me, save me, and set me free. In Jesus' powerful name, amen and amen. Hey, everyone, thanks so much again for watching. And if you prayed that prayer, or need prayer, please let us know. We will see you right here next Sunday morning as we celebrate Easter and all that that means. We love you. Have an incredible week, everybody. We will see you next week. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.